10 to 1, episode 20. Top 10 Fictional Creatures. Podcast where we make top 10 lists about everything. I'm Melissa Kozer. And I'm Brian Kozer. And today, we're also joined by our first special guest. Woohoo! <laughs> My brother, Luke Kozer. Hello, Luke. Hello. How are you, Brian? I'm well. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me on here. Welcome. So, tell us a little about yourself. Well, I would like to consider myself a little bit of an expert on our topic because I've seen like two or three seasons of Monster Quest and uh, read all the Chronicles of Narnia books. So I know a thing or two about uh, the uh, topic we're discussing, the fictional, fictional creatures. creatures. So, exactly. Yep. And we actually let you choose the topic. So why'd you choose fictional creatures? Well, I can't really get into the specifics just because I'd be giving away things on my list early, but mm-hmm. okay. I like mythical and mythical creatures, cryptids, things like that. They're fascinating, and uh, I have a very vivid imagination. Those things fuel my imagination, so I really like those things. Yeah, it's a, it was a very fun list to come up with. I will just go ahead and say that for my list, I don't have many monsters on my list, because I was thinking that might be a future episode, but I won't say any more about it until we dive in. We ready? Let's go. Let's do it. Okay, my number 10 is the phoenix, which I just think is kind of a neat uh, creature. So it's described as basically being an eagle, a large eagle, but with red and gold plumage. And the myth around it is that when it dies, it spontaneously combusts into flame, and once it's burned down to ashes, then a new bird arises out of the ashes. And right. could be the same bird. Rebirth could be a different bird, but that's how they uh, live. And usually there's only one alive, one in existence. So it's just a really cool bird, very noble looking. It's my number 10, the phoenix. Just a quick interjection. Um, it is kind of cool how it merges the uh, classic myths and things like that with really weird conspiracy theories and everything. How it's like reincarnation slash... Uh, spontaneous combustion. I don't know why, but that's just fascinating. Yeah, consider phoenixes. Those are pretty cool. The, yeah. Phoenix. Is phoenix the plural? Good choice. I don't know. Maybe phenai? <laughs> phoenix eye? Google it. <laughs> Alright. Uh, so for my number 10, I chose one you guys might not have heard of before. Oh, oh and before we go any further, I don't think we're going to have hardly any crossover. Maybe, maybe... Two. I predict at least one. I think there will be one that all three of us I'm will have. I'm fairly certain of one. One all three of us will have, and then I think I'll have one other one with one of you. Okay. Well, we'll see how this goes. Yes, we'll see how it goes. Okay, so for my number 10, I don't think you guys have even heard of this one. I think I might have heard of it before I started doing research for this topic, but I would have completely forgot about it if I hadn't. It is, number 10, The Drop Bear. What? Uh, I've heard about it from Crossy Road, but that's it. (laughs) Okay, so the drop bear is a (laughs) Australian creature. It's similar to the koala, but carnivorous, and it drops out of trees onto people. 
And so this is like the Australian chupacabra. It's like the Australian. Um, it's sort of like a joke. It's sort of a uh, a joke that everybody's in on. I think in Australia, like the, uh, for example, like the jackalope. Right, America. right. So, like the Australian Museum has a has a display for it, and on their website they have <laughs> you know made up. Latin genus and species for it and information about it. That's awesome. But it's actually just a joke. And um, I was reading that, you know, it's kind of a thing, like, you know, with snipe hunts where people will pretend yeah. to take someone on a snipe hunt and it's actually just a made-up animal. I think yeah. it's something similar like that where, you know, kind of joke with the, the tourist visiting, that, that kind of thing. funny. So I wasn't going to include it on my list. I was just going to have it as an honorable mention. However, I was reading... In the Bible, in oh, Psalm no. fifty-five three, oh, no. and what? it was a sign because Here Psalm fifty-five three, and this is uh, ESV, because of the noise of the enemy, <laughs> because of the oppression of the wicked, for they drop trouble upon me, and in anger they bear a grudge against me. Oh no! Ouch! I read close. that. That's... I read that literally the same day I was researching for this list, as I literally had already. Written down drop bear as an honorable mention, and I realized that was a sign. God was speaking directly to me oh, no. to put drop bears on my list, and so I had to slide it up to number 10. The only reason Ouch. it's on your list is because it's got the, the word bear in it. I do, like, I do like bears. You're a nut about bears. I do like bears, but I can't argue with God. This is a sign. Well. Amen. Uh, End of discussion. That thing sounds like a koala bear with an identity crisis. He thinks he's a leopard. Actually, they they say it's the same size as a leopard. Oh, that's that's suspicious. On the Australian <laughs> Museum. So that's interesting. So anyway, that's my number 10. Okay. Drop layers. Okie dokie. My number 10 is also something that I would guess hardly anybody has heard of by its actual name. But I'm sure they've heard of it, like, just what it is. My number 10 is the Jabba Fofi. What? I know. It sounds like some kind of fluffy bunny type thing that you'd want to cuddle with and all that, but trust me, you would not want to cuddle with this sucker. Sounds like something that a four-year-old made up. Jabba Fofi. Well, the Jabba Fofi is a gigantic spider said to live in the Congo. That's creepy. And um, it is. And uh, I think, I personally think spiders are pretty cool. And uh, I mean, big things, I don't know why, but it's just kind of cool when something's big. These things are... Like, well, I find it ironic that their name is so unscary sounding, but I mean, this thing would be the kind of creature that would like carry off your dog or like you'd see it dragging a cow across the road or something. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're said to be like four or five feet long. Well, what country and, uh, is it? The Congo, I believe. Like, everything's big in the Congo. Yeah. So um, big, scary, hairy, probably steal your dog. <laughs> and um, just overall kind of cool. So, giant spider in Africa called Jabba Fofi. That is my number 10. Nice. I mean, it's starting to sound kind of like a creepy name now. <laughs> now that I associate it with a monstrous right. spider. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. All right. Melissa, what's your number 9? Okay. This is a creature I'm 100% sure neither of you have has ever heard about. It. They're called Darkings. Oh, I've heard of them. No, you haven't. No, I haven't. I've heard yes. of them now. It's from the Immortals Quartet by, it's a book series by Tamara Pierce. I've heard of Tamara Pierce. 
No, you haven't? Yes, I actually have. Oh, really? Yes. What other books has she written? Tail Chaser Song? No. For a second there, I thought you were talking about another fictional creature. She wrote... Uh Aha. Just kidding. She writes young adult fiction, I believe. She does write young adult fiction. I have heard of her fantasy. So I read this series back when I was in high school, and I really liked it. Uh, And so I'm kind of interested to go back and reread it and see if it really holds up. But at least this one creature, the Darking, is a really neat invention, I thought. So at one point, the main character in the series is being spied on by this mage. And so he creates these creatures called Darkings out of his blood. So they're small and blob-like. And uh, they he sends them to go spy on her. And so he can see in one uh, a picture of what's happening where one of the others is at. You know, because they're all kind of related since yeah. they're all made out of his blood. And then they're dark and shiny, though they sometimes have distinct patterns on their surfaces, bright streaks of color, or objects inside them. (laughs) They can form different shapes, talk to other animals, they don't need light to see. And one of the interesting things about them is that originally he created them just to be his spies, but they kind of developed a consciousness of their own, and... (laughs) Some of them actually rebelled against the mage (laughs) and started working for the heroine of the story. Classic. And uh, but they're still they can still be really deadly. You know, they're just small little dark blobs, so you might not notice them, but they could cut come out and jump at you all of a sudden. And uh, in the story, some people get suffocated by them. Uh, They like to wrap themselves around people's necks. Kind of sounds like kind of sounds like choose in the Legend of Zelda games. Just a yeah, bit. sort of, except cooler, because <laughs> those never look cool. I mean, they look appropriate for the Legend of Zelda series, but not like, oh man, that's such a cool creature. <laughs> so that is my number nine, Darkings. Nice, nice. All right, my number nine, my first and only cryptid. <laughs> so Luke, why don't you give us a definition of cryptid off the top of your head? Oh, I know what cryptids are, I just don't know how to define them. <laughs> <laughs> There technically so. is a difference. I, well, okay, I'll take a crack at it. As far as I know, a cryptid is basically a creature that has been unofficially documented by a whole lot of people, but never actually proven to exist. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Something like that. Yeah. So, a cryptid I like best. My number nine, the chupacabra. Yep. Actually, you already mentioned this one, Melissa. <laughs> yes, the... It's my Puerto Rican heritage. The goat sucker. Uh, these these were first, quote, cited in 1992. So pretty recent, pretty recent. Um, and it's probably just, you know, some feral dogs, something like that. But I kind of like the idea of um, some large-ish creature stealing around at night in South America or Mexico. And, you know... Catching livestock, draining the blood. Those goat suckers. It's kind of like a mammal version of the Jabaha Fofi. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah, kind of is. So, I'm not exactly sure what I like about them so much. Probably the name, mostly. Chupacabra. Chupacabra. This was something that in, when Puerto Rico, as a little girl, 
That's what all the kids would say is come and get you. In America, it's the bogeyman. In Puerto Rico, it's the chupacabra. Mm-hmm. Nice. So that's my number nine. Chupacabra. Hmm. Interesting. My number nine is a uh, Greek mythological originated thing. I would say number nine is Pegasus, but since we're doing types instead of specifics, and Pegasus is the name of this thing, I will just say winged horse. Nice. Because, I mean, horses are pretty cool. Just, like, how useful they are. I mean, picture of a knight riding a horse is pretty awesome, and (laughs) horse races and all that stuff. Uh, By horse races, I'm not talking about gambling, I'm just talking about horses themselves racing, and uh, chariots and all that good stuff. So, uh, there are wings on it. I know, yeah. Better. Yeah. Uh, like I was, like I've said before, if you, uh, give something wings, it becomes cooler. So, like, you put wings on a mouse, it becomes a bat. You put wings on a lizard, it becomes a pterodactyl. Put wings on an ant, you could get a winged ant, but you could, it, you could also say it looks like a wasp. You put wings on a human, it looks like an angel. So, you put wings on a horse, and you know what you get? A winged horse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, nice. so yeah, that's pretty cool. And, uh, it probably wouldn't be way too difficult to control. I mean, if you had it, if you trained it to like run along the ground, I would guess it'd be pretty similar principles controlling it while it's flying. You mm-hmm. just have to go up and down. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. another thing is, this is something that's bugged me for a long time. If you have a horse with wings and a horn, would you say it's a horned pegasus or a winged unicorn? Or would you just oh, call it something else this is entirely? For a while. Oh yeah, yeah. What you lie awake of at night? I Every night. Up. This is what fuels my insomnia. Nice. <laughs> well, I'm afraid we don't have an answer. We'll have to ask our listeners to. Uh, uh, give us the answer I have for that an one. answer. It's a winged unicorn. Hey, you could make a podcast with like top ten answers to that question. That's a joke. <laughs> we might do that sometime, but maybe for a deeper question. Probably, indeed, probably indeed. a good idea. So Wait. yes. Winged yes. horses almost made my list, actually, because I, really? I agree. They do look very beautiful and noble, and, and uh, in Chronicles of Narnia, when Diggory is flying on Fledge, oh, yes, I that always that. made me kind of jealous. I wish <laughs> I could could have been him. So. And uh, one last thing. I mean, how cool would it be to just like, swoop down during a battle, chop up a couple of your enemies, mm-hmm. while everybody looks up at you with extreme jealousy, thinking... Man, I wish I could be the only guy with a winged horse. Yeah. <laughs> that would be pretty great. I'm sure the archers would be looking up with extreme jealousy. That's why you would give your winged horse armor. And then he couldn't fly because he's weighed down too much. Anyway, it's, a, it's a very strong winged horse with huge wings. <laughs> very, very strong wings. It would still work. So yeah, winged horse, number nine. Okay, nice. well, speaking Good of one. winged things, of winged stuff... My eight is a hippogriff, which actually was what beat out winged horses, because these just look even more awesome. They have the front half of an eagle and the back half of a horse. And uh, if you've seen the Harry Potter series, then they have a hippogriff in, uh, what was it, Uh, Prisoner of Azkaban, I think, one of those. So... I think it's the one where his uncle, Harry's uncle, is imprisoned. Yeah, yeah. so it looks like a very noble and majestic creature. Definitely a very dangerous creature. 
uh, not something you would want to mess with. And that would make a very fine battle steed, I think, is a hippogriff. <laughs> My number eight. Still have to watch out for archers, though. <laughs> True. <laughs> All right. My number eight is from a television show, Star Trek, the original series, <laughs> from a second season episode called The Trouble with Tribbles. My tribbles? number eight is what? The Tribble. Are you wow. kidding me? I love this Tribbles. This is your eighth most awesome creature. I don't believe this <laughs> list is called Top Ten Most Awesome Fictional Creatures. This is Top Ten Fictional Creatures. And this is my so, list, not ten. yours. Yeah. Yeah, Tribbles make the top ten. Okay. They're awesome. They're small you little fuzzy it's blobs. It's not awesome, and then you go and say it's I awesome. I didn't say it was not awesome. But it might not make a list if it was called Top Ten Awesome Creatures. I can't Probably wouldn't. I would hope not. These are great, though. They're small little furry cooing creatures. They're they make everybody happy with their their trillings. You know, and they they vibrate a little bit. They they waddle around, and then they multiply worse than rabbits and make everybody hate them. They multiply a lot. <laughs> yep, they pretty much just eat and breed. And I don't know what great what great little things. I mean. <laughs> It's it's really great on the episode because it starts off there's just the one solitary creature and then throughout the episode there's more and more and by the end there's just they're just everywhere. They've just multiplied <laughs> so much. I don't know, it's they always make me smile. And on the they've appeared at least on one other episode on a on a different Star Trek show. And they were great in there too. So I yeah. will say it is pretty great when they all come dumping out of the food compartment, mm -hmm. and then throughout the rest of the next five or ten minutes, uh, more of them just keep on randomly mm -hmm. pelting down onto Captain Kirk. That's what I was thinking. Just picture somebody up there in the attic throwing them down at him. I know, right? Up? For his head. That'd be so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. So, that's my number eight. Tribbles. It's a fun creature, but... I can't believe this is your number eight. Oh, yeah. My number eight is also something that's fuzzy and lovable and cuddly and all that stuff. Werewolves! <laughs> I mean, seriously, who wouldn't want to hug a werewolf? <laughs> um, werewolves are cool because, well, they're either a person who transformed into a wolf or a thing that's half human, half wolf. Either way, it's cool. Wolves are cool and walking wolves, well, two, walking on two legs wolves would be cool. Sometimes they can think and speak and all that stuff. Sometimes they can't. really depends on who's making the thing, movie, book, whatever, with werewolves in it. Although I have to say I really wouldn't want to be a werewolf just because, well, there are a couple of reasons. First of all, it'd be weird. <laughs> Second of all, I, uh, I wouldn't want to turn into a wolf and then kill people and not remember it. Not saying I'd want to kill people and remember it. I'm saying I wouldn't want to kill them in the first place. <laughs> and um, also, when you transform back into a human, that could be a little weird. Because hmm. I'm pretty sure no wolves don't typically wear clothes. Sure. Make sure you're in some secluded area, I suppose. With clothes nearby. Well, the thing is, you might not be thinking about that if you're a wolf. So, oh, yeah. there's well, no guarantee. But... At least you mentioned the killing people one before. But... <laughs> that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, so yes, that's that's my number eight, werewolves. Okay, my number seven is uh, Ents slash Dryads. <laughs> so Ents would be the slightly more specific version, but basically tree people, the spirits of trees. I think that's always just a really neat idea that the trees could come alive. 
I mean, yes, trees are alive per se, but that they could become sentient. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, in Lord of the Rings, the Ents seem like a very old, (laughs) sort of gentle folk who just just want to be left alone. But then uh, it's awesome and crazy (laughs) when... Uh, Treebeard sees what has been done to the woods, and yep. his ang- his wrath is roused. And you see the Ents marching on Isengard. Each time I see that scene, it's fearsome. It makes me think of that uh, that phrase from uh, Shakespeare's Macbeth. Mm-hmm. And Anomaly thought the wood began to move. <laughs> and doesn't Gandalf say something about Doubting whether or not Saruman can survive the wrath of Fangorn or something cool like that. Yeah, probably. He says a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, that is my number eight. Nice. Ents, dryads, comma dryads. Seven. 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 Yeah. Yeah, that is a really cool one. I was really trying to, so I was trying to decide, you know, what's the difference between creatures versus just another, like, race of... Like, you know, what's the line between, um, you know, like dwarves on Lord of the Rings to stay with Lord of the Rings yeah. or elves versus Ents versus, you know, orcs versus, you know, when when do you cross the line into sort of, um, you know, creatures versus um, yeah. just another yeah. sentient being. So I wasn't really sure. So I didn't put Ents on my list. But yeah, those are really good ones. Really good choice. Um, if they if they fit on the list, they would um, they would be high up on my so they're pretty cool. All right. Okay. Uh, so for me, my number seven is a kraken. Nice. So I guess this counts as a cryptid. Yeah. Um, because yeah. Uh, I don't think anyone, I don't think anyone nowadays believes that uh, that the kraken, as described by um, by the old stories, was anything other than you know like a giant squid or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, the original stories made it sound like um, maybe a giant whale. Or a crab, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, that was some of the um, some of the things they described it with. It, it seemed more like a crab, like Moby Dick or Cthulhu, or however you pronounce Something that. Like that. Yeah. I don't know how you say it. Cthulhu, it's Cthulhu. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Cthulhu. I think it was kind of um, actually inspired by us. Uh, it was either inspired by a poem uh, that Tennyson wrote, mm-hmm. or it was just ended up being really similar. And and Tennyson's poem, I think, was about a kraken. So, hmm, interesting cool. that you mentioned Cthulhu. What poem okay. is that? I'd be interested I'll in I'll have to look it, it up. I don't know off the top of my head. Post a link to it in the notes. Okay, yeah, I'll look it up. Uh, mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so so those were, it was like 1400s, I think, Norse sailors were were talking about the Krakens. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they do think now it was probably inspired by giant squids, which can get up to 50 feet long. Um, so, uh, that could definitely take down a... A good yes, sized boat. Um, oh, I don't yeah. know if it would come up and and do that necessarily. Yeah. Um, but if it, I guess, if it thought it could could eat it, maybe it would. Mm-hmm. Maybe so. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know the so the sea monsters. Um, I don't know, really, really awe inspiring. Yeah, just how how mysterious the sea is. How we still don't understand yeah. everything in the ocean. There's yeah. so many unexplored areas, and so that really fires the imagination. Um, and I don't know, I think that Kraken is the, the coolest of the, the ocean creatures. <laughs> well, and there's something so fear, fearful about being on the ocean and imagining the great monsters that could lurk beneath. Mm-hmm. You know, you're in their territory, 
And they've definitely got the upper hand. Yep. Or so. fin. Upper fin. Boo. Sorry, I'm trying too hard. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And uh, I'll put a link to the, the scene from... Uh, is it Attack of the Titans? Or Clash of the Clash of the Titans? From the 80s. And then also, same thing in the remake, where Zeus calls out the Kraken by saying, Release the Kraken! Hmm. Yeah, it's... It was supposed to be a, a cool line, but Something I think exciting. people ended up making fun of it as <laughs> sure. kind of silly. So uh, I'll, I'll post a link to that if I can find it on YouTube. Hmm. That's my number seven. Okie dokie. Kraken. My number seven is actually sort of like what you were talking about before you started talking about the Kraken. My number seven is orcs. Aha. Uh-huh. Yes. So, uh, my reasons for that, well, orcs are similar to humans, and humans are pretty cool, but orcs are like, it's like you take a human, make it stupid, pump it full of steroids, and give it sharp teeth. That's generally what <laughs> orcs are. Well, orcs orcs are pretty devious and smart, I'd say. Well, yeah, I guess it depends I on I mean, some of them are stupid, stuff. but some of them are devilishly smart. Some of them are. But, um, so, uh. Yes, orcs. One of the reasons is, I don't think, or I don't know necessarily if J.R.R. Tolkien like invented the idea of orcs or anything like that, but I believe he was the first one to use orcs to describe like goblin-like people in his stuff, and um, hmm. they're just kind of classic. It's like every fantasy something or other that exists, it's just gotta have orcs, or it's just not complete or something. But, uh, and... I don't know, they're just kind of cool. They're really tough and rough. They are evil, which is not exactly cool, but still, I guess, cool in their <laughs> own way. not exactly cool. They're cool it's in their own cool. way. But, uh, and they're just, like, they keep coming. They just don't die, it seems. Mm. So. And they're... Fueled by that rage. They're uh, all over Lord of the Rings and stuff. Yeah. Well, Goblin and Orc are used interchangeably in that, but yeah. yeah. So they're Sauron's main force, so, yeah. What would what would Sauron yep. have been without the orcs? Um, I ask you. I don't know. I don't know what he is with the orcs, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yes, that's my number seven. Orcs. All right, my number six is basically aquatic peoples. So a little more specifically, the Zoras from the Legend of Zelda series. <laughs> nice, nice. I think they are beautiful creatures, and I love the design of them. Where they look fairly humanish, elvish, but they're definitely very fishy. So I think they <laughs> kind of, well, they I think they get the better end of the deal than mer people. So I think mer people, mermaids, mermen, I think that's a really neat concept. And I have a hard time turning away from stories that have those. <laughs> like it's got to be a really stupid looking plot if if I don't <laughs> read it. It's got more people in it. But I think Zoras are better done because I they are more streamlined. They appear to be better able to swim through the water. So yeah. more people, they ha- just have the one big fin on the back of their bodies and, you know, basically their tail part. Yeah. And if you look at regular fish, they don't propel themselves with just that. I mean, they do propel, but they need the rest of their fins to help them steer. And hands aren't good enough for steering. I'm sorry. 
So I think <laughs> Zoras with their long fluted head tail mm-hmm. and their more not aerodynamic uh hydrodynamic. Yeah, hydrodynamic shape is a lot more suited for water. And then just their their culture and uh wateriness. <laughs> I'm just throwing things. Just out how they're depicted in the Legend of Zelda series is really neat, very beautiful. Which game? That's yeah, what I that's what I was wondering. Those. Probably Twilight Princess. I would I'd agree. say is my favorite. Yeah. They got so many things right with that game. <laughs> and then second second to that would be Ocarina of Time. So that's my number six. Zoras. Awesome. Alright. Awesome. Alright. My number six is Rat Creatures from the comic book series <laughs> Bone. Stupid, stupid rat creatures. That's awesome. Yep. I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> Did you ever That's read great. that? Yes. Okay. I have read the first two volumes or whatever. First ones that you have. Those might yeah. have made my list. Yeah. I didn't think about those. Yeah. Sorry, rat creatures, <laughs> but maybe another day. So uh, if you <laughs> haven't read the comic book series Bone by Jeff Smith, uh, they're basically a combination of, or a cross between like a spider and a cat is kind of what I think of them as. They're these yeah. kind of hairy creatures, but they their face is almost more like a spider. And, yeah, they're kind of creepy, long fangs. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the art is always really good at, at depicting them as uh, these these creepy creatures. And there's whole hordes of them running around and, and attacking. But then they're also played to comic effect. There's two of them <laughs> that, are, that are kind of silly and, um, <laughs> you know, kind of inept. Yeah, always wanting. One of them's always trying quiche, to, quiche. Trying to get the other to quiche. make a quiche, and going on and talking about quiche, and so they're kind of the comic relief bad guys. Um, but even those, I I really liked. Um, they were funny, and then yeah, I don't know. I really like the the design of them, just how the they art. Looked. Yeah, yeah, the art. On Every them. time we come across a scene where they're drawn, it's it's just <laughs> fun to look at it. Yeah. Yep. So. Uh, I think that's that's about all I had to say about them. That's my number six, rat creatures. My number six is a uh, classic, the centaur. Because people are cool, horses are cool. If you take like a human body and stick it on top of a horse, then that's just like double awesome. But uh, now something I've heard about is like reverse centaur, where you just have a horse on human <laughs> legs. I've heard and. Uh, yeah, just, the same. It's a little, that'd be it's kind of awkward, strange looking. But um, anyway, so centaurs are cool. You basically have, well, yeah, basically you have a horse and rider like, with their minds and bodies like literally combined, which is kind of weird, but <laughs> awesome at the same time. Obviously, they'd be extremely fast and um, they can. Very dangerous, too. Yeah, they can use weapons, things like that. I mean, you have a knight and rider in one. And he doesn't have to, con- the knight doesn't have to control his horse because he is his horse, hmm. sort of. Yeah. And uh, also, they can eat a whole lot. That would yeah. be, that'd be pretty great. I mean, you could eat more of the stuff you love. Now, of course, it'd be more expensive, <laughs> but wouldn't that be great? Just like go to a party and impress everybody that you can eat three whole pizzas, something <laughs> like that. And um, wow, this is why it's on <laughs> extremes here. And just, Im- just imagine the centaur playing sports. Like in baseball, just imagine a centaur running into the outfield to catch a would-be home run. I mean, 
just imagine how high and far they could jump. Of course, the fans would have to clear a spot for him to jump. Otherwise, they might die, which mm-hmm. wouldn't be fun. But Here we go. Fantasy sports remade. Yeah. Real fantasy sports, yeah. which is kind of an oxymoron. But <laughs> Or in football. I mean, who would want to tackle a centaur? Guy running <laughs> 30, 35 miles an hour. Other centaurs? That would be interesting. Centaur, centaur, centaur football yeah. would be very interesting oh, to watch. Cool. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, centaurs are cool. And um, especially in Chronicles of Narnia, because instead of just being half a human body stuck in place of a horse neck above the waist, I guess you could say, they actually still look sort of horse-like. It's like their hair kind of goes down their back like a mane. And then their nose and ears and eyes are all a little bit different, so they look more horse-like instead of mm-hmm. just like, plain, mm-hmm. which I think is a very smart idea. So, yes, that is number six on my list, the centaur. All right, good choice. Yeah, very noble, majestic looking. Thank you very much. <laughs> my number five are genies or gins. So anytime I come across uh, a gin in a book or in a movie, it always piques my interest and my curiosity, and I'm always wondering what is going to happen next. <laughs> you know, because you can't trust these these creatures. Yeah. So they are basically made out of smokeless fire, just as uh, mankind is originally made out of clay or dirt. And they are from Arabian, early Arabian legend or mythology. Yeah. And so... According to them, there were three sapient creations of God. There were the jinn, the humans, and the angels. <laughs> hmm. yeah. So anyway, just the idea of them uh, having all this power, and yet they are still bound to your wishes, uh, is kind of interesting because... Imagine if you were like that, then you would probably be trying to create little loopholes and uh, ways to get around always having to be told what to do. And that's what you find in a lot of the stories is you really have to be careful about what a a djinn tells you because it might have a lot of loopholes or uh, double, double crosses that you hadn't realized were in there. So that's my number five, djinns. Infinite cosmic power. Itty bitty leaving space. <laughs> uh, yeah, I considered these, but in my mind, there there's not really a difference between demons and jinn. So, like, I can I can see that. I know what you mean by when you say jinn. Yeah. Like you know, genie in the lamp, that kind of thing. And I do like those characters in books. So I'm not saying you shouldn't have played on the list, mm-hmm. but that's why I didn't. Yeah. And uh, I think you kind of mentioned it, but uh, or as it being an Arabian Arabian myth, uh, Muslims still believe uh, right. that the jinn are, are actual creatures, just like you know we believe angels and demons. They would yeah. say there's angels and jinn. According to Wikipedia, it talks about them in in the Quran. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. So my number five is our first crossover. It's me and Luke. The- what number five? Winged horses, baby. Oh yeah. High five. Well, you know what? I'm glad that I put a hippogriff instead of a winged horse. Could have been that way, I can be more more unique. You could have been on this crossover. Yeah, winged horses, pretty much everything. Luke said there's there's been a bunch of fictional winged horses. There's Chinese myths about it, Norse myths, Arabic myths, but yeah, obviously Pegasus is the most famous one. Yeah, and uh, a really cool character. 
And yeah, you got, uh, I think Melissa mentioned Chronicles of Narnia, uh, Magician's Nephew having a winged horse. So I don't really have anything to add. You guys, you guys pretty much covered it. Winged horse, I guess I like him a little bit better than Luke. Okay. Yeah, I guess so. So, but yep. Uh, good choice. That's my number five, the winged horse. My number five is the Loch Ness Monster slash Mokeli and Bembi slash other things. So basically, what? basically, what a cheat! Like dinosaur cryptid <laughs> things. Slash everything, but those, dinosaur cryptids. Basically. I don't think those okay. are fictional though. Okay. Dinosaurs. They're, I don't. They're cryptids. And they, some of them might still exist. Well, I'm saying like Loch Ness monster. I'm pretty sure has Loch Ness not been. Is not real. It hasn't really been like officially documented or anything. A lot of people have talked about it and things like that. Same with Mokeli and Bembi. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people in Africa, have, so they've seen it, but it's never been officially documented and proven to exist. So these things are dinosaurs, basically. Loch Ness monster is in Scotland. Scotland is cool, so I mean that just like makes it a plus. <laughs> and uh, they're elusive, so I mean they have a ridiculously huge ton of space to hide in. But mm-hmm. something that big still seems like it'd be a little hard to hide. But right. Nobody's been able to find them. I mean, sure, people have found evidence of them and stuff like that. But And, uh, I don't know, just, they sound cool. Loch Ness Monster and <laughs> Mokeli and Bembi. So, yeah, number five, cryptid swords. I'll go with that. Nice. Okay. Well, my number four is from the Doctor Who series, and it is the Weeping Angels. So this is one of the few monsters that made it onto my list Hmm. because the idea of these is just so creepy. So picture a statue that moves when you're not looking at it. So those statues and cemeteries of angels... Uh, you know, and they've got their wings spread, or they've got their hands covering their face, or whatever. Picture that not picture that moving when you're not looking at it. So you can't you can't turn your back on it. You can't even blink, or it will move. In the time that you took to blink, they move super fast. And what they do is, if they touch you, they suck your energy out, <laughs> and in The first episode, they would send you back in time. The first episode they appeared in. And it's not the worst way to die, honestly. You (laughs) you go back in in time, maybe 50 years or whatever, and just have to live out the rest of your life in a different era than when you were born in. Still kind of sad, though, that you don't get to live with the rest of your family and your, your friends and stuff. But then in later episodes, it happened that if they just touched you they die you die they uh, grab you and break your neck uh, that happened in the that happened in the episode with the 11th doctor and they're uh on that planet and remember it comes up and breaks the neck of that one soldier i forget the episode but okay so I forget what it's called, but I'll t- I'll be able to look it up later. So being around Weeping Angels, it'd be kind of like playing Red Light Green Light. Only all the people you're playing with are armed with like a melee weapon, right? And they're they're <laughs> coming to kill you. And basically, yeah. the only way to stop them uh, is in the episode called Blink. 
they got them to be permanently turned to stone because they were staring at each other. Yeah. And they could never stop staring at each other. Yeah. But that's just about the only way to stop them because in a different episode, they tried to smash them to bits Mm -hmm. uh, with chains and they weren't able to. They were able to damage them but not destroy them. (laughs) And uh, they're just a very frightening race. Yeah. That's my number five, the Weeping Angels. Interesting. Sorry, my number four. Okay. My number four is the Jackalope. The other <laughs> <laughs> the other kind of joke. Such a joke. Yeah. 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 Kind of joke animal. Uh, it was started in the 30s or 40s, uh, 30s, by some amateur taxidermists. Uh, just somehow got the idea to sew some antlers from a pronghorn. Uh, sheep onto a uh, onto a jackrabbit, and uh, so yeah, jackalope from jack rabbit and antelope combined. Even though pronghorn sheep aren't actually antelope anyway, uh, so yeah, they uh, well, right, sew those it on. Rolls off the tongue better than jack sheep or jackaprong. They just don't sound as good. I kind of like jackaprong. <laughs> and uh, so I mean, you can you can buy. Uh, these, uh, you know, to mount on your wall, the heads of a, a head of a jackalope um, <laughs> from from a tax from taxidermists. You can. We need um, to get a jackalope. There's places in the southwest where you know. I think in the in the place where these brothers live, they built a statue of a jackalope, <laughs> and uh, you know you can get postcards with jackalopes on them and and t-shirts and things like that. So mm-hmm. it's it's another one of those that um, people kind of pretend exists and. Yeah. I suppose you could be fooled if you were a tourist going there, well, but I don't. I'm not sure exactly why I like them. Yeah. But uh, maybe maybe it's just uh, funny to me, and uh, I don't know. I think they look kind of kind of neat. Those little yeah. little antlers on a on a rabbit. So hey, is that a rabbit with antlers? No, Chuck Testa. Wow, <laughs> just had to. So that's my number four. Nice jackalope. My number four is. Sort of like a half crossover, I suppose you could say. It's sea serpents. So nice. the Kraken is similar, similar to the idea of this. Although sea serpents typically are more like snakes or gigantic eels with horse heads. Okay. And how things is this like different that. from actual sea serpents? Well, there are some legends about them that I guess obviously they'd be possible, but probably not, not, maybe not reasonable of, like, several hundred foot-long snakes that are, like, that dwarf big ships and that smash them in half with one hit or, like, eat them or breathe fire, things like that. So it could exist, it just doesn't seem like it'd be incredibly likely. So kind of like the the Chronicles of Narnia in March with Don Treader. Sort of like that, yeah. And, uh, Yes, that is a pretty comical part of the book when Eustace hits it with a sword. Really does nothing but bend a good sword. I always thought that was pretty funny. But, um, so, I mean, snakes, I think snakes are pretty cool. Uh, sea serpents would be terrifying because you have, or, well, giant sea serpent. It'd be this thing that can basically destroy your ship and kill you in five seconds. There's really nothing you can do about it. And uh, it's pretty much invincible. Now, to, if a sea serpent like that attacked a modern-day ship, it's possible that the thing might be able to drive it off with its cannons and <laughs> stuff like that. Probably not kill it, maybe, with a good shot. But 
I mean, something that big would take a whole lot of yeah. a whole lot of hitting to take down. So yeah, but uh, and if nothing else, maybe the loud noise would scare it off. But so today they might not be quite as terrifying and invincible, but they'd still be really scary. And back in the day when they were when the stories were told about them and all that stuff, that would just be plain horrific and the kind of thing that probably keeps sailors up at night. <laughs> so uh, yes, makes a good story. Yeah, so, and I mean, how many movies and things like that have sea serpents or giant monsters in the ocean and things like that? All the Japanese ones. Yeah. Godzilla's almost like a sea serpent. <laughs> sort of. Sort of. He has an atomic clock, if what? you think about it. Yeah, atomic bomb wakes him up. It's an atomic clock. Boo. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Okay, number four, sea serpents, your right. call. <laughs> My number three is fairies. And this is pretty much all across the whole range of what you might come across. So the from the little light delicate ones in Peter Pan, uh, the live action movies where they're just these graceful little creatures that mm-hmm. dance and glow golden and such, <laughs> to the ones in the Jonathan Strange and Mr. Nor- Norrell series where they're this fey race that's definitely all about playing tricks on people <laughs> and they just dangerous. sort of yeah do huh. their own thing the the gentleman with the thistle down hair <laughs> we've mentioned before and then also uh if you've read the book series Artemis Fowl it's kind of about this nope. boy genius it's <laughs> it's it's a fun series for kids and it in it he believe he's young enough to still believe in fairies, yeah. but he's smart enough to figure out a way to capture them. <laughs> so he actually captures a live fairy, uh, but they call them. She's in the Lep Recon Unit, so that stands for Lower Elements Police Reconnaissance. <laughs> so LEP okay. Recon, Pretty and clever. that's because they live underground because. Uh, they were having difficulties with the humans. Anyway, they don't have wings per se. They have wings that they attach on their back so they can fly around. Hmm. They have these uh, high-tech shields that they can turn on <laughs> that make them turn invisible because mm-hmm. uh, they, they vibrate so fast. So things like that where they're basically, for the most part, small people with ma- uh, a bit of magical power, but just they're very scientifically advanced okay. far above humans and so yeah any any just about any story that has a fairy in it mm-hmm. all across the gamut of different kinds of fairies is pretty interesting to me pretty yeah. fun nice atomic clock what i Still thought it was clever it's pretty one. funny i'll give it to you all right success my number three another crossover this time with Luke again. No way. Centaurs. Yeah. Another high five. Yeah. No, centaurs are are really cool. And uh, I guess in so in like Greek Roman mythology, they were more wild creatures, um, and you know, running in and carrying off women kind of stuff. But uh, so I, I yeah, that's totally awesome. So <laughs> so I do like the the Chronicles I think of I'll Narnia. Just step out of the room now. <laughs> I do like the Chronicles of Narnia. C.S. Lewis spin I was on them. Joking, I was joking. More of being these wise 
noble creatures. Um, you know, they're astrologers and um, healers. Astrologers or astronomers? Well, I guess both. Uh, kind of both in the, in those books. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I guess that's probably... Basically, if it weren't for Chronicles of Narnia, I don't know if I would like them as much. Because um, they're more more wild in... Probably same here. In Greek mythology. In Greek mythology. I think they're more um, more bestial in mythology. And um, Lewis mm-hmm. made them more human. Bestial? So, nope. Is okay. it actually pronounced bestial? Probably. Huh, I'm going to look it up. We'll check later. Anyway. So that's my number three. Nice. Centaurs. Oh, yeah. There's the two crossovers. My number three is also sort of a crossover with Melissa. My number three is the Griffin, which when she was talking about the Hippogriff, it sounded similar. That one's eagle and horse. This one is eagle and lion. But uh, when I googled Hippogriff and saw a picture of it, it looks pretty much the same as a Griffin. And uh, so Griffins, I think eagles are cool. I'm a fan of the Philadelphia Eagles, and Mm -hmm. that's probably part of it. (laughs) <laughs> lions are also really cool. The Detroit Lions are not, and they not certainly cool. have nothing to do with this list, but lions, uh-huh. just as in the creature, are cool. So I like eagles because they're the biggest birds of prey, and uh, they eat snakes, mm-hmm. they eat poisonous snakes, things like that. I mean, nice. an eagle is even responsible for the founding of Mexico City, which mm-hmm. is kind of an interesting story. Is like they believe that God would show them where to build the city. Uh, when they found an eagle eating a snake on a cactus on a rock or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they found it in the middle of a lake. So I think they filled in the lake and built the city there. Something along <laughs> those lines. I, it's it's just one of those random things you remember from school. Yeah, that's on their country's flag. Something like that, yeah. So um, so eagles are really cool. And uh, lions are cool because they're big cats. I like cats. I'm a cat person. I don't think I'd want to keep a lion as a pet, just because if it wanted to kill you, it would be able to do that pretty easily, and they can run 50 miles an hour, so you definitely couldn't get away from it. But uh, So lions are really cool, eagles are cool. The um, They symbolize a lot of like really positive qualities and things like that. So I mean, like, courage, power, strength, all that good stuff, yeah. and... They also look awesome, and that's definitely a positive quality. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if you got courage, power, and strength, and you look awesome, <laughs> then you got everything. Man. You're pretty much set. So, yes, yeah. that is my number three, Griffins. Yeah, I did consider Griffins. That's an honorable mention. The hippogriff. I like those a lot. Yeah. Another thing is, how do you guys spell them? Because I spelled it G R Y P H O N on mine. I've seen it that way. Yeah, there's a yeah. lot I've of ways you can spell them. Hmm. Either way, yeah, sweet, yeah. So my number two is dragons, and they mm. are a very noble creature, also a very fierce creature, and I think it's telling the fact that they are just so prevalent all through society, through books, through fantasy. That's pretty much one of the, It's pretty, I'd say it's the first thing that you think of <laughs> when you think of fantasy. Dragons. It's got to have a dragon in it. They're definitely a staple of that genre. Yeah. And all this stuff. Yeah. And I like that they can run the, the spectrum from uh, proud, heroic, noble to villainous and terrifying. So you've got the dragon. And, you know, it stretches all throughout history. You've got the dragon in 
Uh, what's that? I can't even think of it now, that old English poem. That's Beowulf. Beowulf, yeah. Uh-huh. And he was the great end of Beowulf. <laughs> and then uh, more recently in The Hobbit, you've got Smaug the dragon. He was definitely really cool. Definitely. Yeah. So just uh, just really cool. I always think of when watching How to Train Your Dragon, how cool it would be to be able to ride a dragon. <laughs> that was That's probably the neatest premise that movie has is just being able to ride a dragon and be friends with the dragon. So. Which, cool. it, I mean, it's not a new concept, but the animation there made it seem more real. So Yeah. That's my number two, dragons. Okay. Also, I guess one more thing is that they are very clever. <laughs> you know, that you can't, you better be careful when you come up against a dragon. He is not an easy foe. Oh, all right. I expect we're going to be hearing more about dragons in a little bit, <laughs> but not for my number two. My number two is the sandworms from the book series Dune. From the book yeah. Dune. Have you heard of Dune, Luke? Um, it's a sci-fi. I saw that you have sci-fi. the book, but oh, I yeah. haven't really heard of it or anything. Okay, it's a classic sci-fi book, and there's a bunch of them in the series. I've only read the first one so far, but one of the main things on the desert planet that the main characters end up on, uh, planet, which is nicknamed Dune, <laughs> is the sandworms, and... Um, I won't describe them completely because part of the fun of the book is discovering all the different aspects of the planet and uh, the sandworms and everything. Hmm. Um, But I'll say they're these giant worms. We're talking over a thousand feet long. That's classic. (laughs) So like, you know, three or four football fields long of a worm and they burrow in the sand you know, they're, so they're underground all the time, mm-hmm. but occasionally they'll come up to the surface, and they're pretty incredible. <laughs> uh-huh. So, uh, you'll have to check out the book sometime. It's pretty good. Those things were, uh, or well, at least a similar thing. It was in the Hobbit, third Hobbit movie. That's how the orcs and goblins all showed up at the huge battle at the end. Right. And that I, wasn't in the book, but I think anyway. in it's either in the Hobbit or Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. Tolkien mentions worms just in like one line they're not even uh because i remember when they showed up in the third movie and everyone was like what mm-hmm. this is dumb then uh, uh, apparently it was in one of his writings at least yeah so there was that but yeah some basically like like those worms in in the third hobbit movie yeah cool uh, so every time they show up it's it's pretty incredible they're really awe-inspiring and some of the things that happen with the worms um you'll just have to read the book to to hmm. find out so yeah uh, that's my number two the sandworms from the book series and the book dune cool my number two is one that has not been mentioned thus far it is and uh i pronounce the i pronounce the word minotaur some people say minotaur i think minotaur sounds cooler so i said it <laughs> like that but um okay first of all i think they look pretty cool I'm not, I'm not really sure why, but um, if you stick a cow head on a hairy guy, it just looks cool. Not <laughs> really sure what's up with that, but I'd um, say it looks disturbing. <laughs> I could see that, but like in Narnia, I think they're 
pretty cool looking. In in Narnia, they made him pretty cool, but yeah, well, that's about the only place that I thought it was cool. <laughs> well, that's basically what they are. I mean, in Narnia, you take a really, really hairy guy, give him hooves and a cow head, and uh, you got a Minotaur, but um, I think they're cool. They're really big and powerful, kind of scary, I would say. They're very large, mm-hmm. and uh, in the ones in Narnia look awesome with their battle axes and roaring and running around slicing things up. They're pretty cool, especially the part when the one is battling with Aureus and uh, mm-hmm. he stabs it with two swords. Right. That just looks awesome. But uh, So that, and uh, in Narnia, they have a pretty cool war cry. It's basically a blood-curdling moo, but <laughs> it, it, it's, it's still awesome. No, there's no way you can make that phrase sound awesome. <laughs> Blood curdling move. <laughs> yeah. The are so cool they can pull it off. And uh, actually, I believe in the, what do you call it, in the um, commentary, I believe they said that they actually did take a cow moo and like mixed it with some other sounds for that. But um, another thing is, I don't know why, but it just looks cool how they walk around. Because they have their upper legs bent, and then, of course, their hooves on the ground. It's almost like a Z shape. Their legs, it's kind of like how birds walk around almost because they have really pretty much, it's like they have long ankles. Hmm. And um, that's, yeah, basically what I have. So, number two, Minotaurs. Yeah, I considered those. I, I really like them in the in the Narnia movie, the designs that they had for them. Very cool. Yeah. Plus, I remember the one in uh, Voyage of the Dawn Treader is kind of funny. But hmm. Don't really yeah. remember too much about yeah. it. I just remember he I said suppose. a couple funny things. But anyway. Okay, so my number one is from a TV show called Gargoyles. So it's an animated TV show. And uh, when you hear the word gargoyle, you picture this fanged kind of demonic demonic thing with bat wings and stuff. I basically just and, uh, think of this. The statues well, yeah. that are perched on the... They usually don't have legs, which is... Well, sometimes. Uh, sometimes they do. Well, you haven't said what you're choosing. You just said it was from Gargoyles. Is it the Gargoyles? It is the Gargoyles. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and and I'm talking specifically about the Gargoyles in that cartoon. Because, okay. uh, so when you normally picture Gargoyles, you, you know, you think they're these really fearsome kind of demonic creatures. Yeah. Well, these, uh, they still look like that. Uh, and they turn to stone during the day. Sunlight makes them turn to stone. <laughs> but then uh, as soon as the sun sets, they come alive. And what they actually do is they are protectors. So they have this castle, and they protect the people at night who live in the castle. And mm. during the day, the people protect them while they are <laughs> vulnerable, you know, while that they're interesting. as stone. And, uh, yeah, it's very interesting. So they're actually like this strong, protective race. Mm-hmm. And uh, then it ends up they get almost completely destroyed. And there's just a small band of them left, and they still vow to be protectors. And they're very intelligent. They have a strong sense of loyalty. They uh, they can learn to love and 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 feel. And they're just really awesome. And then every once in a while, they'll get like super enraged you know when <laughs> if if you really have betrayed their loyalty yeah. uh in some way and their eyes will just go completely they'll start completely glowing 
and they'll get this like animal rage <laughs> and uh, they can climb up uh, buildings because of their claws yeah. uh, on their hands and they can't fly like they can't flap their wings and start flying but they can glide yeah. so uh, they're just really cool creatures and they're my number one fictional creature gargoyles <laughs> and that the, they do seem like almost like a subset of dragons so. yeah they kind so. of are yeah. Yeah. Just thought I'd throw that out there for no reason in particular, really. <laughs> yeah, the gargoyles aren't really cool, but are they, I don't know, are they a creature? Are they not just another, like, would you have put elves on this list? No, that's more of a race. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think gargoyles would count as a race. Different race of people, but it's your list. <laughs> that's right, it is my list. And I'd say... Yeah. They're they're kind of in between creatures and race because they you know they are gargo- gargoyles and creature those are creatures but they are very very tribal creatures mm-hmm. so well, hey, I don't know it's kind of a fine line. I have centaurs and werewolves on my list. So exactly, thank you. You didn't seem to have any flack for that. So. Yeah, but most of those are pretty Brian- animalistic. Um, I mean, some of the Nar- like the Narnia centaurs yeah. aren't, but. In mythology, centaurs usually are. Brian just but likes don't have giving... a problem with those. But in in mythology and stuff, werewolves are humans part of the time. Actually, I think I think most of the time, actually. Brian just likes to give me flack. <laughs> All right, so Melissa's number one was from a cartoon TV show. My number one is also from a cartoon TV show. Cartoon that she would also agree with me is better than gargoyles, and that is. From Avatar The Last Airbender, Platypus Bears. What? Alright, I'm going to agree that a cartoon is better, but the character, the creature is not. Alright, let me talk, let me talk. Platypus Bears. So for those of you who haven't seen Avatar The Last Airbender, it takes place in a fictional world. It's inspired by a lot of Asian culture from, from our world. But for some reason, they decided to make all the animals be mashups between... Her, animals in our world so there's never there's almost never just an animal from here that you might have oh uh, i don't i can't even think of a uh, good examples off the top of my head like a, a bison and a manatee combined or something like that yeah so weird things and the total best one was the platypus bears is that seriously what they called them yeah wow platypus bears okay. they're awesome i mean platypuses Real life platypuses are already basically a mashup between a bunch of different animals. I mean, yeah. ducks and Dug, otters, beaver, you know, all sorts of things. But then when you add the greatest animal of all, the bear, to those, I mean, it's amazing. It's basically a bear with a duck bill and then a long tail, and it lays eggs, especially when it's scared. <laughs> so wow. yes, I mean, I don't know how you can beat a platypus bear. You guys might have thought I was going to put dragon on my list. <laughs> I think uh, dragons are cool. I just think they're overexposed. There's too many dragons. It's For me to put dragon on my list, that would be like putting McDonald's on my list of favorite restaurants or something like that. There's just too many of them. Everybody, that's maybe not the best example because nobody actually likes McDonald's. But uh, <laughs> I, I concur. Dragon is, a, is an, obvious, and I, an obvious one to put on the list, and I try not to be obvious. Oh, whatever. No offense for you and probably Luke putting dragons on your list because they are cool and uh, all that. But 
platypus bears. Unique, <laughs> amazing. They can't be beat. You I'd know love why... to see platypus bears spread to more than just this single cartoon. You know why okay. dragons are very prevalent? Because they are one of the greatest creatures ever. Give platypus bears some time. No, I, I, I'm not denying one. it's a it's a good creature. It's just to say that dragons are overused and, and cheap now because they've been so overused is is a fallacy. <laughs> well, thinking. let's go to Luke for his number one. Before that, though, I'll just tell you, Brian, if ever, if ever I'm like a billionaire or whatever, then I'll pay for research to splice bear and platypus DNA, and if it's successful, I'll give you the first viable platypus bear. Bless you. Okay. Now... You'll have the human rights people swarming all over you, I'm sure. I mean, the the animal rights people. (laughs) Uh, My platypus bears will take care of them. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. My number one is a very interesting one. It is the Dunjar. What? A giant ten-foot snail from eastern Kenya that supposedly spews lava. (laughs) Okay, no, that's a joke. My number one is dragons. Oh, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is there such a thing as a dragon? I'd have to Google it. I just made that up on the spot. Oh, man. (laughs) Although, that is a cool idea, though. A lava spewing snail? Ten-foot lava spewing snail. I'll have to keep that in mind. Maybe put it in a book or something. But, um... Anyway, so I like dragons. First of all, I think they're awesome. One thing I said earlier, it's like putting wings on something makes it cooler. So winged dragons, really cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's kind of interesting how they're sort of like a cross between some other animals. Like uh, cats and snakes are pretty common inspiration for like traits and abilities of dragons. Now, of course, cats and snakes don't fly. So that part probably comes from... Large birds, bats, things like that. But um, <clears throat> breathing fire is just awesome. That was actually that was what inspired the uh, lava spewing dunjar joke thing. <laughs> but uh, so breathing fire is cool. I mean, if your mouth is a flamethrower, yeah, that's just nice. And uh, all the <laughs> that's what? just it is. nice. And uh, now just all the different abilities that dragons have had, like. Uh, different ideas, their scales being practically impenetrable, being able to make armor out of their hide. Mm. I mean, if you say dragon hide armor, that just sounds awesome and super tough. And, uh, of course, flying, like I said, breathing fire, massive claws. And uh, some of the things from How to Train Your Dragon are pretty cool, like the monstrous nightmares setting themselves on fire. And uh, yeah. the uh, deadly natters flinging their uh, tail spines. That is just really cool. And, of course, the Night Fury's plasma blast thing. Yeah. It's, I mean, it'd be like riding a horse that has a bazooka in its face. That would be... That <laughs> would just be nice. Face. <laughs> yeah, that too. And um, also being able to go fly like 100, 120 miles an hour in on top of a <sighs> actually living thing would be pretty fascinating. Right. And uh, then, of course, you have dragons like Smaug, who are just plain stupid gigantic and uh, very frightening and magnificent and all that stuff. I uh, I really like The Hobbit, so I might be a little bit biased in my choice of gotcha. 
Dungeons and Dragons. Actually, I'm not a big book person, but I really did love The Hobbit. And if you haven't read it, you should. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so I really like Smaug. He is, or in, in the movie, he had really good voice acting and stuff like that. When he says, I am fire, I am death. It's like, yeah, he's basically summing up dragons. The things they're known for are breathing fire and killing people. And um, I'm not saying breathing fire is cool. Killing people is not cool in and of itself. I guess it depends mm-hmm. on why you're doing that. Because, I mean, there's some pretty cool people in history who are known for like winning wars and things like that. So as long as you're doing it for the right reason, I guess it can be cool. Mm-hmm. But um, for dragons being deadly, wow. powerful, um, respected, and like just overall feared, it's just cool combination of traits for a character or creature. Yeah, I agree with all of that. And uh, a couple other things that I forgot to mention with with dragons is like the, just the ancient feel that they have Mm -hmm. and they can live for long periods of time. uh, Go to sleep for, you know, thousands of years and then somebody will stumble stumble (laughs) upon them and wake them up and oops! Way to go, Bucky! (laughs) <laughs> or another thing, if you've read The Oath by Frank Peretti, he has a dragon in that book, and uh, its scales can reflect what's around it. So it hmm. actually, like, uh, becomes invisible. That's really or very, very, cool. mostly invisible. It's cool. Yeah. So, so just, there's all sorts of things you can do with, with dragons and their scales yeah. and their abilities, so. You know, Brian, for cool creature. For how uh, overused and washed up dragons are, they seem to be coming out with new kinds of dragons, just or like new kind of iterations of them. Mo- mostly in uh, Train Your Dragon. Hmm. All right, so any runners up? Any special honorable mentions? Do you have any? I do. I had, of course, griffins and winged horses, centaurs and golems. Ah. Uh, and hmm. then a couple that I'm sure were not on your lists. The Ogier from the Wheel of Time series. All right. Okay. And the other one <laughs> is from a role-playing game that I played in college. The only time I've role-played, unfortunately. <laughs> and uh, the moderator had come up with these creatures called Mooks. So they're spelled M-O-O-O-K. And... Uh, it's this little ball of fur, basically, with eyes in it, and then this pom-pom sticking out of the top. And, you know, it's basically just a peaceful, sleepy creature, but if you pull that pom-pom on its head, then it turns into this raging, seven-foot-tall creature with slimy skin and clawed hands and a death's head, and it basically will roar uh, fiercely and and just about devour everything in its sight. So it's like a so triple slash yeah. orakai, similar to a triple. Interesting, triple orakai kind of, but way better than a triple. All right, all right. Real quick for my honorable mentions, I have bear cavalry, which it's similar uh-huh. to real life bears, but you couldn't ride real life bears. So bear cavalry, uh, the Gak from One Fish, Two Fish, Red Fish, Blue Fish, uh-huh. the Doctor Seuss book. It's basically a moose with uh, that you can play. Uh, uh, ring toss onto its antlers has really huge antlers. Uh, giraffes, those creatures with long necks. Some people think that they really existed at one time, but 
I think it's doubtful. Most people, most scientists disagree nowadays. What? Um, moving, I said we have to keep Giraffes? these moving quickly. Golems, the <laughs> Jewish it? myth of uh, clay people with a scroll in their head to to um, animate them. Uh, those are pretty cool. Mattresses from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Mattresses are on, from a planet called Scornshellus Zeta, and they're actually sentient and... <laughs> It's basically a throwaway joke in one chapter of the book, so I couldn't put it on my top ten, but they're pretty great. Uh, Mothman, a cryptid that, uh, you know, kind of urban legend creature. I don't, there's nothing about it really cool except for the idea of a guy with wings flying around, with <laughs> red, glary eyes. And then The Rock, R-O-C, uh, oh, Arabian yeah. legend of basically just a giant bird. Hmm. Just yeah. Huge, huge, enormous bird. Uh, kind of cool. Yeah, those are cool. So those are my honorable mentions. I have a few honorable mentions also. And what you said about the mattress, I just hit this mattress next to me. I'm pretty sure it's not alive. If it is, then I apologize. Well, they, they usually kill them before we sleep on them. Oh, okay. Well, I apologize for like dishonoring your memory or whatever, Mr. Mattress. <laughs> uh, my honorable mentions, I actually have the Mothman also. Mm-hmm. Basically mm-hmm. what you said, flying person thing with... Like glowing eyes would be like all you'd see. It's a little bit creepy, but it's kind of cool. Right. Then the phoenix. Um, the reason this is honorable mentions instead of the list is because I didn't really think of it until after I made the list. So I guess apparently it's not like prominent enough in my mind for me mm-hmm. to list it beforehand. Unicorn. Unicorns are kind of cool. They're like a symbol of nobility and everything. But I mean, if you boil and when it blech. if you boil a unicorn, what else is there? <laughs> exactly the horn. That's it. When you, um, what it boils down to, I guess I was going to say is, it's a horse with a horn, and sticking a horn on something just isn't as cool as giving it wings. So, winged horse, cooler than unicorn, in my opinion. Well, and I feel like unicorns are a little overused. You know how you feel about dragons? That's kind of how I feel Mm. about unicorns. (laughs) Agreed, agreed. One more comment about the horns. If you stick a horn on a hippo, it becomes a rhino, which is pretty cool, but true. Anyway. And um, other than that, I have Sasquatch slash Bigfoot slash mm-hmm. Yeti slash Gorilla Man slash all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, those are pretty common. There have been parodies of Bigfoot, shows about Bigfoot, which I don't think you're ever going to find him. But if you are looking for Bigfoot, then I suggest looking at basketball players because they usually have big feet. That was another joke. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> Never mind. Um, and then... Also, Jersey Devil. Oh, yeah. The uh, oh, Jersey Devil cool. is pretty classic, sort of, at least in the New Jersey area. Uh-huh. But um, it's kind of funky looking, yeah, not especially cool. The are kind cool. of silly looking. Yeah, but, I mean, if you had, like, if you got somebody who's pretty good with Photoshop and they made one, then you might end up with something pretty cool looking. It's like a goat, horse, dog thing with wings. wings. So, I mean, you stick wings on a goat horse dog and it becomes a winged goat horse dog, mm-hmm. aka the Jersey Devil. Although its uh, backstory is, like, really stupid, basically. So, mm. that is one reason I didn't put it on the list. But, overall, that's eh, not bad. So, yes, those are my honorable mentions. And I believe that concludes the list. Yeah, actually, you were talking about the Jersey Devil. Uh, there's a podcast I listen to called Lore by Aaron Mankey, and uh, I forget which episode it is, but he talks about the Jersey Devil in one of those. Hmm. So, anyway, if you're looking up for interested in folklore, check out that podcast. Yep, so that's it, I think, for this list. Thanks so much for listening to us. 
what are your favorite fictional creatures? We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at tto at coser.us or you can comment on our website, tto.coser.us, and we'll have our show notes available there at the website as well. You can also type in tto.coser.us slash 20 to go straight to this episode. Our next episode is going to be top 10 experiences we want to have. Until next time, I'm Melissa Coser. I'm Brian Coser. I'm special guest Luke Coser, who will not be here next time. And you've been listening to 10 to 1.